Hello my kings and queens, my name is Harshdev Gupta and welcome to the first ever episode of my new series Rise. And do I have an amazing guest today with me. But before we do that, for updates on all our podcasts, follow us on our Instagram page at thrive underscore podcast. Now, without further ado, let's head straight into the episode. Today is such a real day, man. I wouldn't have imagined it when I first met this guy, probably like sometime around 2016. So the both of us were in Christ Uni from Namma Uru. And I think the first time we actually like spoke to each other was when we were taking the local bus back. So whenever college ended, I was like freaking done with life. But this guy actually took out the time, walked up, had a chat. I think even he was new to the area or something like that. He was just generally a really nice guy. And this is rare, right? Everybody's done with college and everybody just don't, doesn't even want to talk at that point. But he made the effort. And and you and you look at it now, like this dude's, it's been a mad five years since then. And this guy, he, it's immense. He's got 3,500 plus monthly listeners and that's just on Spotify. He has three EPs and three singles. He's got one of the best music videos I've ever seen. And thing right now is just trending upwards. That's what I'd like to say. So ladies and gentlemen, we have my man from Puducherry, Micah Bedford. Hey Micah, what's up? Thank you, bro. Good to see you. <laughs> what's up? Not too much actually, considering it's lockdown, we've all been inside. But a little bit's going, going on, you know. <clears throat> actually, speaking of all the music stuff, I did finish a concept note for my next EP today. So that's exciting. Having everything down on paper is satisfying, finally, because it's all been up in the air, demos and such. I mean, I, I'll never... The thing is, I, I can't fully appreciate the life of an artist, but the intent of this show is to better understand you and sort of like touch upon all these nuances, which I care to understand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. It's insane. Like I've been following your um, progress in this past year a lot more and you've been on a roll, right? It's with in 2020, essentially with all the tracks and EPs you've been coming out with. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned that soon, I promise, you've been working on it since 2018. Mm -hmm. But even besides that, you've come out like two other EPs, you've got like tracks and tracks and you've got like this insane music video and in a brilliant track to go with it. Like, is this a creative wave that you've got because of the pandemic? Is this been tracks that you've always had in the past that you've just mm -hmm. kept at bay because you didn't have the right opportunity? What What's the mindset? Like, how do you go about this? So I've, I've come to realize that the the actual process, the artistic process and the packaging is like so far apart in terms of how like any artist operates. It wasn't just me, you know, I thought I'd assume before I got into it that artists would be specific about how they want something to come out and it would just happen that way. But <clears throat> really, it's just trying to capture life, you know, I'm trying to capture a mood. I feel a certain way in the studio. I write certain lyrics. I spit them on the mic and then it turns into a demo, right? Who knows when it's even going to be finally mixed and mastered, whether or not it's going to end up being a single or an EP, it, it really depends on the time, you know, and often when it comes to putting out a project, it's picking from the best of what I have and what I feel will be cohesive and like tell a story 
and then we put the finishing touches on it. Me and my sound engineer, me and my producer. I mean, you say cohesive, right? This guy says cohesive, but I'm the, the way the problem with this statement is the guy is so versatile, and I'm going to touch upon this later on in the po- podcast. Like, I don't know what his idea of cohesive is, but this guy like jumps genres, <laughs> like left, right, and center, and he still makes it work. And this is something I'm going to touch upon later. I don't want to bring it up right now because it's still early stages. Let's talk about the man uh-huh. first. Let me better understand this. You've had all these uh, songs ready. Or did you just come up with them? Like, were they ready in 2020, or were they in the works? With with most of them, they were actually ready by the beginning of 2020. The ones that have been out. Although every time I put something out, there's like it's the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's like 25 other demos that are in the vault, and those are the ones that end up being picked up a couple months later for say another project or a single. You know, so with the songs from Soon I Promise, for example. They were all done, and the concept note was written in late 2018 or early 2019. Yeah, that's when it was when it was written, and then it took a good amount of time to find a team that I knew really worked with me because I can't bridge all of the gaps on my own. So by the time I had a sound engineer that really nailed it, understood my vision, a label that understood my vision, helped me with the marketing plan, it was March 2020, and then it came out the way it did. You know, because I'd been connected with a fantastic artist. Who handled the album art? <clears throat> All of these little things came together for March. You know what I mean? That's really the determining factor. At the end of it, Matlos was sitting around for a while, for like a year. I think that's sort of like an ode to your uh, not settling, because even when you had like mm-hmm. a product in your hands, you were just like, you know what? This is still there, but I'm not happy with it on its mm-hmm. own. Like we need to work on it. Like the whole package needs to be good before I'm able to put my name on it and send it out and release it and whatnot. So just because Matt Gloss was there, for example, mm-hmm. you you didn't want to like release it because you wanted everything to come together completely, like a hundred percent track, and then drop it. Is that right? Am I? Am I? Absolutely, completely spot on. You know, I wanted the album art to be perfect. I wanted the mix to be perfect. Um, and that ended up happening a couple months after. This is what five months after my first EP, something That's like that. Insane. A little bit more than that, I think. Yeah. But there's just a feeling. There's this indeterminate feeling once it's ready. You know, you just know everything's taken care of. You're like, you know, this is gonna bang to the best of my judgment. It's gonna gonna be listened to by the right ears. You just gotta <laughs> lick the stamp and send it. You just gotta lick the exactly. stamp and send it. Exactly. Completely. So I was reading this Indian Express. Oh yeah, J- just before I go on with all of this. My man Micah has been featured on multiple news articles, small ones like Indian Express, and I don't know if you've heard of this uh, music. Uh, what do you call it? Magazine. It's it's very small. It's very inconsequential. I think it's called Rolling Stones or some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tiny one. Nobody knows, about nobody knows about it. It's very it's very underground. Very. You're gonna like have to plug that. Loki, that small like, indie journal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I digress. So I was reading this Indian Express article, and uh, you talk about how your dad inspired you into getting into music. I'm not sure how much he inspires your musical process or how much he influences your music and all. But what I've come to understand mm-hmm. is that he's the one who put that guitar in your hand, and he's like, "Go for it," or he got you into the thing, right? I mean, the guy himself yeah. is an artist, like. Mr. Johnny Bedford has a band, the Miss, the Johnny Bedford band, right? So tell me more. Like, how does it all begin? <laughs> so, um, 
it all begins when i was 14 that's where the story starts you know he bought me a he bought me a cherry red a fiesta red like electric guitar it's a fender stratocaster for the guitarists and he bought that and an amplifier for me completely on faith when i was 14 i couldn't play a single note and i guess it worked it was like a reverse psychology thing you know i got the the fancy equipment and i was like oh my gosh i better make use of this so i started learning and it was massively motivating he taught me the basics and then he was just like do your own thing find your own path crazy he's very much classic rock yeah with his with his taste and the what, what he enjoys playing mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i think he understood from the beginning that there's so much more to it when it comes to someone now you know like it's just it, it, it depends on the era it depends on what we're all listening to it's all changed so much it's not like it hampered you you know you classically you'll always have the parents saying that oh because you know the the dad's mm-hmm. a pilot son needs to be a pilot dad's an engineer that needs to be the son needs to be an engineer oh mm-hmm. the dad's into classical rock well that the uh, shit man i guess the son's going to be into classical rock <laughs> so it doesn't work like that no one would assume i think but uh despite the fact like i just had so many other influences especially when mm-hmm. i was a teenager and by the time i was 18 or 19 i really started paying attention to hip hop after hearing some of frank ocean's work <clears throat> i think one or two singles by kendrick lamar of course that sparked a lot of thought in my head just because of the energy you know i wanted to be able to make people feel something that swimming pool that. energy that was the, the yeah the swimming pool energy yeah. <laughs> oh dude that's so dude it was actually that that all right energy you know what i mean that was the first <laughs> one i heard way back and i was like wow this is something you know the ability to make people feel something like this that's insane because you mentioned it right i was just it's just like sparked in my head cuz i've seen mm-hmm. the visualizer for embassy and yeah. then i'm thinking of swimming pools right it's got the same kind of like energy going mm-hmm. with it where you just chill relax spinning mm-hmm. and you're both just enjoying yourself in a vibe mm-hmm. in a mood on your own like it's like you're in the room but the rooms around you uh-huh. kinds i don't know how to explain it it's, it's just one of those uh-huh. it's yeah, one of those things sure. but let me mm-hmm. go on to something else you, we've talked you've talked about this philosophical side of creativity and you've spoken pretty freely about how you use your emotion to sort of drive how you develop your tracks create them to sort of harness that emotion mm-hmm. and just like mm-hmm. send it but at the same time it's mm-hmm. not like you're a guy who's just restri- restricted to that i mean you are also rapping about well not rapping mm-hmm. singing rapping about like whips and money and bling and stuff like that it's not it's not like mm-hmm. you're restricting yourself you're into everything yeah the aspiration so aspiration sure. and inspiration yeah. and perspiration oh, mm, for sure nice. and perspiration let's be honest that was a those are hectic so, with that music video take me through it man like how do you decide that this is what i'm going to take forward and make a brilliant song or not even a brilliant song this is like something i just want to work on so when it comes to like the hype and what i feel like i should really put the, the resources behind often times it's it's my friends you know it's people in my close circle when i can people whom i can send demos to before they're finished and be like hey what do you think of this you think this has potential you know what i mean do you think that the lyrics are on point do you think there's anything i need to work on maybe and there are people who i think are very well informed even if they're not musicians you know because <clears throat> musicians sometimes get bogged down with the details of the craft that they can't think about the emotion or the the overall aesthetic you know simple things that you just feel you don't have to think about them you know what i mean 
So I ask a lot of people in my circle, they give me their honest thoughts. And with Matt Loss, there was an overwhelming positive response, overwhelmingly. So I was like, damn, this thing really has something to it. Because some of my friends who I've known for years were flipping out on the phone when I finally spoke to them about it after they listened to it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that means mm-hmm. something. So I figured uh, <clears throat> it'd be a good idea to really push for something noisy with this one. You know, use it as an opportunity to let people know that I exist. Because this is a noisy, it's a crowded firmament, as one might say in the 18th century. But uh, yeah, it takes a splash, I think, <laughs> nowadays to let people know you're around. But, okay, <laughs> l- l- let me get you two different sides of the spectrum. So you've got Tiger Woods, which is emotionally driven, and you've got Matt Gloss, which is, well, whip driven mm-hmm. in a way, kind of, sort of. So, so then... <laughs> The thought process yeah. going into each one of them is, I imagine, very different. Like from a mm-hmm. audience's perspective, I imagine they're both constructed very, very differently. Like, mm. tell me about it. Most definitely. Um, so Matt Loss and Tiger Woods were actually recorded in two different studios, and that's where I guess the contrast begins. Because for Tiger Woods, I was with my sound engineer, who worked on me for my first project, and this was back in late 2019 early 2020 and uh, we were finishing up work on that and i spent days at a stretch at his place and i really dug into myself you know we've had a couple arguments like it hasn't all been like easy getting this product to the final stage if i'm honest because when people get that involved there's there's creative control you know you don't wanna he's as invested as I am in my project is something I don't take for granted at all. So I welcome that kind of discussion, that kind of scrutiny. So it was a really very personal thing recording the, those songs for my first EP and the lyrics had already been written, but he really helped me emote because it was my first project delivery in the studio was a new thing to me. Um, so actually getting on the mic and bringing out that same emotion that I felt when I wrote those lyrics. Completely new thing, but he helped me really get that done. His name's Amrit, by the way. Fantastic bassist for the Tilapes. He also plays guitar. And uh, <clears throat> so that was a very personal process. I think that really helped me open up in the studio, very comfortable space. Um, and when I recorded Matt Loss, it was much more, I was very comfortable. I'm not saying that that wasn't the case. Very comfortable when I recorded Matt Loss. This was my, with my producer, um, Ray Stones. His real name is Ariman. And uh, we were at his in his bedroom on St. Mark's Road. And I just met him and I was like, damn, what a producer. He's got fire beats, like completed instrumentals that I can just hop on. So I was really taking the opportunity. Wrote that in like an hour, recorded it in another 45 minutes. And it was just like mad energy. Everyone was hype. By everyone, I mean me and my producer. There's enough energy um, to fill up the room. We went for it, you know. So it was a very quick process. I think you can find a, kind of feel that speed, dynamism, and mat loss, and that personal aspect to Tiger Woods. I hope, Dude, at least. No, Tiger. I, I get what you mean, but even then, mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to like build, yes, fine. You've got the music from a great producer, but at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to hop onto that, and then one hour later, mm-hmm. create something which is willing to say that, oh shit, that's good. And that's the thing, it is damn good. It's phenomenal. Like you've got such great reception. Then you've got a music video also to go with it. And you wrote that in uh-huh. one hour. That that's nuts to me. That blows my mind. Let me tell you something. Yeah, for sure. Like it was it was mad blessing. Let me not mince my words about that. I was having the time of my life. But that would only have been possible because of all those random hours of like spitting freestyles and like 
messing with like trying to rap like my like the greats like with their lyrics when i was just starting out it's one of those few moments a few and far between where all that practice just there's fruition and then in an hour you just write something that you completely feel so it's insane you know you know i'm i i'm so happy you brought that up because this is something i like to put out there this man mica is an overnight success years in the making so that's how the that's you, you because people don't understand that even a great song has got so much emotion so much skill so much technique associated with it which this guy's probably been honing for like years and years and years all you get to see is like oh shit this guy just wrote, wrote it's been a minute let let's go and uh, piss off some sharma ji's betas and all those uncles and aunties who have probably you know send their kids to engineering colleges and all of those uh-huh. you know typecast yeah. jobs and what not <laughs> so take me through this right you right. joke about the cliche about how you're uh-huh. an artist and you decided to drop out of college but that's a big ass decision right mm-hmm. i'd be scared shitless man Ooh. if i had to drop out big deal so it's a big deal and sometimes i still second guess myself i won't lie I don't know man I only there are two people in this room and one of us is a music video with has cars and chicks dancing and all I, mean, I don't know <laughs> I guess I'm the one who made it there <laughs> like I'm living my life <laughs> No but tell me on no seriously You're a pilot uh, There are <laughs> what are millions of pilots okay, okay, okay. There are millions of pilots too. there's one Mac loss Bro trust me something about unnerving something a little unnerving about the music industry is that this so many dudes trying to make it right now that's why that's that's what I'm, that's what i meant when i was talking about the splash and everything <laughs> but i appreciate the belief man i'm fist pumping you through the screen huh i need people in my corner <clears throat> what was i saying <laughs> i was talking about uh, the the old beauty by classic one um talking about math loss no 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 i was talking about dropping out so with that like it was a massive decision now it's like it almost feels like a disservice to tell people i just dropped out but uh it was weeks in the making that decision and also it was kind of an inconvenient time for me to do it because i was towards the end of college so i had about 3 or 4 months left i would have had to do a couple of backlogs as people <laughs> wasn't really paying too much attention <laughs> by third year <laughs> Hey man, it's Christ. Uh-huh. It's okay. I mean, those guys put you in a tough yeah. corner in any case. But dude, you get it. You understand. There's only 18,000 people other than me that understand stuff what to be in. Just kidding. Weirdly delivered joke, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I had so many backlogs left and I was just like <clears throat> really feeling this angst with myself because I felt like uh I feel like I I'm almost a little too passionate sometimes because I if I feel like I'm not living like my true purpose out here and if I'm not using something like my musical skills which I feel like are a gift you know because they really developed quickly I feel incredibly lucky to have have those abilities so I just felt like it was all rotting you know it was all going going to be wasted and to be honest I didn't even begin the degree with too much motivation or drive or vision for what any of what I'd be learning in my life you know didn't realize the importance of any of this when i was 19 when i was 18 yes after my gap year and by the time i dropped out i just realized you know if even without the safeguard of a degree end of the day i know myself in a few years from now if i'm not pursuing something that i feel like is of true value to me or of true meaning um 
and if I'm not working towards some some level of self-actualization, right? At least to the best degree of my own self-understanding, then I'm gonna feel like everything's a waste. If I I can't do the day job, I'm just not built like that. And if I do that, <clears throat> I know that a couple months into it, there will be a deep purposelessness and possibly a great depression in my mind. So spoke to my parents and completely leveled with them and they were very understanding and they said if you feel that way you should you should pursue it your music you know use your savings we'll help out at the beginning as well get this thing going so i i pretty much did that quit college a couple of months later i was in the studio with my sound engineer connections from my record label that believed in me despite the fact that i had nothing to show for it like except a couple of demos and some remixes i've been making over the last two years so it was a huge decision, but you know, I felt relief after because I went to Pondicherry, spent some time with my dad who was living close to Auroville and there was something about the simplicity and the control of, I had over my time suddenly that really gave me joy. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of guitar playing, a lot of writing. Fantastic. I mean, that must have been pure bliss. Like you, I mean, I saw you in college. You, you're getting onto the bus, going back home, getting on with work. Coming back mm. the next day, <laughs> doing the same shit again and again and again. Yeah, props to you if you enjoy that. But uh-huh. if you've got somebody who... Yeah, honestly. This is something, you know, if you don't know what you're passionate about, it's a gift in a way because you're not distracted. You can just concentrate on mm-hmm. what you're doing. But if you're passionate about something mm-hmm. and you're not doing that, it's sort of like a disease which festers in your mind. It's like, shit, I could be doing all of this. Exactly. But I'm here coding or I'm here doing this. And... Yeah, uh, uh, you made the big jump. You're like, you know what? Degree, no degree. This is not my avenue. I'm going to make make the jump. Mm. I'm going to do justice by mm. myself, right? And you did that. I mean, mm-hmm. look at this. One year, insane progression. This is just one year where you've started. Mm-hmm. Like everything's just happened, and hopefully it'll be consistent, steady pace where things carry on uh-huh. going like this. But at the end of the day, not to detract from anything that mm-hmm. you've done, but you've made a decision yeah. and i and i think you look a lot happier for it and that's the most important thing you followed your passion and and that's thank inspirational you. to a lot thank of people thank you so much you've seen the before and the after yeah <laughs> think mm. the christ is a before and an after <laughs> jesus christ man i should stop plugging those guys everything <laughs> <laughs> straight up man don't give them the attention i mean if people like it good for mm-hmm. them if, if i'd met them in college i would have been jealous of them didn't really meet too many. Let's be real. <laughs> but I'm sure there were somewhere, guys. Somewhere. <laughs> around somewhere. somewhere. I don't know. Don't ask us. But they were there somewhere. I mean, it's a great college. There are lots of lovely yeah, people. Teachers were great. It was just not our true, calling. True. Like, be that as made. We've yeah, got like do. great coders and great artists and everything coming out of our college. But it was mm-hmm. just not our road, our path to follow. Mm-hmm. Very cool people, for sure. Yeah. And... Chalo, let's transition to something else now. Uh, mm-hmm. A word I've seen you use pretty liberally when it comes to all those, you know, black and white, black and white uh, interviews you've done with all those other small, small, you know, newspapers and stuff like that. You know, just uh-huh. so interesting, Rolling <laughs> Stones and all. Is this word cathartic? Yeah. And you know, you begin to realize that, uh-huh. like, you look at say butterscotch and then you see soon i promise and then mm. you move on to like lens flare mm. and then matt i mean matt loss is a part of lens flare and then gauntlet and all you sort of see this mm. n- not maturity as much of progression of you growing out of things or you going through different phases of life like oh look 
this mm. guy was struggling here mm. and he's no longer struggling he's thriving now he's move on to thriving to like something else it's like it's sort of like this little mm-hmm. passion project of just growth you see within yourself into like other things mm. is that mm. right or am i just like romanticizing mm. shit and sounding fucking weird no 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 very much so and you know like the retrospect is so nice to hear from someone else cuz sometimes i feel like i'm crazy cuz this is all so like i'm so entrenched in it right for, for me to look back on this journey and say it was anything is immediately unreliable because i'm the one living it out right but for someone else to see it very validating and i agree with you it's very true you know and that's that's giving me some perspective as well because it does show my personal phases and in my mind i have this unnecessarily quantifying mind that i try and put everything into some sort of metric and compare it's like a bad habit i have that i'm trying to work through but with everything even the music when i got into it i just assumed it would be like I would be making projects I'd be making songs putting them out and then everything would just consistently get better I would sound more happy you know soon I promise was the sad boy EP never going to be another rubbish <laughs> absolute rubbish there's going to be lots of th- lots of songs I'm spawned of the same emotion but different nuances just because it's a different time in life you know so I've just been constantly making it try and catch on catch on these emotions cuz they're not going to be around for no, I was going to talk about your versatility and lens flare but now that you hate soon I promise it's only fair that I now talk about only only soon I promise I don't hate it <laughs> so yeah, let's just go on to that so, <laughs> I mean uh-huh. it's crazy dude you've got so much versatility like you go from pop and then you go into like an R&B then you go into rapping it's just weird dude I, I don't get it like how do you manage to be acing like three different genres all in a single EP like tomorrow postcard tiger woods <laughs> like freaking different like and then and then this guy has mm. the gall to like say you know what let me just like put all these into one package and fucking release it as an EP <laughs> like those guys will get it like fuck you how, how, it, yeah. you made it work like how dare you make it work But yeah, like what made you even I see what you mean. You really think I did? Be honest. I mean because I will I will agree they're very different in inspiration inspirations, you know, genre-wise and everything like that. I would like you. I mean, opinion. I'll tell you what. You need a more open-minded person like you need somebody who can appreciate all forms of music right if you got somebody who's only listened to like Hannah Montana then it's only going to be a Hannah Montana vibe if you got somebody who's l- listening to French Montana that's only going to be French Montana you need somebody who listens to Montanas right you, that's true and by that's Montana I mean Hannah Montana really? French Montana and even like country <laughs> Montana you like well I went back to the states United States America like that kind of country Montana <laughs> I see what you mean. That's versatile, man. I mean, Hannah Montana might kind of spill over into that a little bit, but yeah, versatile. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm. Are you just imitating her? What? What's in it? Don't break my heart. My aching break heart. That's the only song I know of his. Billy Ray. Exactly, Ray Billy. Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. No, I'm. I'm just trying to minimize the whole scale to like the versatility. Obviously, it's not a direct comparison mm-hmm. or anything. I mean. I don't like making yeah. comparisons. Like you're your own artist. Like why the fuck should I say you're the next Drake? Mm-hmm. You you're the next Micah. That's such a healthy perspective. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't like you these know? labels. Like Drake did it on his own. Micah will do it on his own. He may mm-hmm. be better, he may be worse, but he took his own path. Like just get over this competitive phase. I don't like it. Straight up, straight up. So that's such a good way to go about it. I hope I'm not digressing from your 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 questions, but like I I ever since the beginning, I'll just be open about this. 
even before the first <clears throat> EP came out and everything, I used to keep thinking because Frank Ocean was my hero. He he is my hero. But the only reason I don't use the word hero so liberally anymore is because it 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 often changes the way one behaves. You know, when you idolize someone to that point, there's absolute massive respect for him as an artist. And God willing, I'll get to to that level of artistic prowess, even in terms of execution, the mixing, the mastering, the the release, the packaging, the timing. He's a genius, you know. He's a chess player. But uh, <clears throat> I used to constantly compare compare myself um, to guys like him and Dale the Creator and Brockhampton before I even dropped a single song. And that's because I was hanging out with so many people who had really good taste. You know, it's not their fault at all. But it developed into a bit of an unhealthy cycle for me. It's my greatest. It's my. It's a bane and it's a boon. You know, because the comparison keeps me keeps my standards very very scrutinized. So I don't let myself slip up at all. But at the same time, there's some nights where I'm like, I ain't shit, you know. You know what I mean? Or they've been getting less frequent, but no. And the thing is, yeah, I need to. Maybe work. I, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. The this is something I've mentioned in my podcast before, or a different podcast altogether. And this is something I'd like to uh, offer mm-hmm. to you as advice. Take it if you will. is the pursuit of perfection pursuit Please of do. perfection is overrated i don't believe in the pursuit of perfection because of one simple reason you're going to be working at it for so long you're just going to be burning out you're not going to be like doing mm-hmm. like you won't be living to your absolute limit if you're just going to be concentrate on one thing for the rest of your life so mm-hmm. and putting yourself to someone else's exactly yeah. but here's the thing your let's say let's talk about cleaning your room right something like cleaning mm-hmm. your room your idea of good enough and my idea of good enough is very very different right like your good sure. enough is a far cleaner room than my good enough which may not be as clean a room right possibly mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so take that forward you, good enough is not like perfect right good enough requires a lot less effort you're easily able to do a good enough it's, it's not it's not hard work you can just do it mm-hmm. and all But that's the thing. If your good enough is higher than my good enough, you are automatically doing a better job at mm. it, right? People have recognized that your true, true. cleaner room was the equal, same amount of effort that you and I put, but your room ended up being cleaner. Now let's take that same concept mm. and blow it up. Find something that you're good enough at, and you'll mm. automatically be, be better than other people. Your good enough might be other people's perfect. Mm. You're good enough as an artist. Is mm, my level of perfect as an artist? I could never be that good. So imagine the day you go and put out perfect perfection. I'm not even in the same ballpark. But the day you, but the same you the day you go and do that perfect thing, right? You're just going to be like concentrating, concentrating, concentrating. You, so one entire album of great artistry gets lost out to one amazing track. Sure, you can get your Bohemian Rhapsody, but are you going to like give up on the rest mm. of the amazing tracks you could have possibly made? Mm, mm. It's a good question. It's one that's kept me up that night. You know, because I've got people coming from both, both, both sides of this argument. But I completely agree. I do am leaning towards this. That's the only reason I put stuff out. I know a couple of musicians, by the way, who are such perfectionists that <clears throat> they're just sitting on stuff. They're sitting on great stuff, stuff that I've heard in their cars, stuff that I've heard in their studios, right? Which I think is fantastic. They thought it was fantastic at some point too, but then with every listen, they just scrutinize it more and more, and then it ends up being so hideously imperfect in their eyes that it could never be released. So I'm glad I got. I'm leaning more towards the actual 
doing it, you know, side of it. Because it's it's sort of like your child. You'll always want your child to be like the perfect mm. thing, and unknowingly you're just going to be like scrutinizing it. You're just going to be like eating into it and sort of being like, oh no no, this needs to be this. Mm. And you putting all these exactly. But other people looking at it like this goddamn child is like a superhero. What the hell are you trying to do? Like he's already proved everything. He has to like yeah. calm the fuck down. <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. let him be. Kind of yeah. like release it into the wild. Uh-huh. It's okay. He'll survive. <laughs> It's like is that overparenting exactly. of your own yeah. music, I imagine. But mm-hmm. but then Absolutely. yeah, like let me wind back fifteen, not five fifteen, five minutes back where I asked you why you're so versatile. Like damn it, why are you so versatile? Why can't you just stick to one thing? What's your stress in life? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't heard that question in a while. It's classic Bangalore question to ask. What's your stress in life? <laughs> I love it. What was I gonna say? <laughs> so. Um, with regard to the versatility right that's another blessing like it's it's because i grew up in a very musical household so by the time i was 8 or 9 i could already tell which notes were right and which weren't in terms of like obviously there's context like when i heard i randomly i began singing harmonies in church to like the melodies that they would sing on stage i would sing the complimenting note but a different note while they were singing and i'd follow their melodies and everything and it all came out of nothing like it came out of my mind because with no formal training when i was really young before any of that um because <clears throat> i grew up in a house where my dad was practicing with his band in the attic a lot and he's a really good musician with good intuition my mom was playing the guitar singing songs very different style of course and my sister was playing the piano learning learning how to sing and uh i think music's just been a recurrent theme in my family for a couple generations so by the time i was 12 there was already such an infallible intuition that i just knew what would sound right what wouldn't so even when i'm playing in the different genres it's often a very natural thing you know it's not even had to be a decision it just ends up being that that's insane so again you're like taking I've out some phases inspiration yeah. from like everything you've taken through uh i mean it's not like versatility doesn't work mm-hmm. i know we're not we're, we hate making comparatives but it has worked in the past for many other no, artists like it's not like you can't mm, do it mm. you might even do it True. better you kill it 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 has yeah possibly possibly you know with so many of these bigger artists there's often like a theme for their albums when the big like the really big artists with the budget and the the engineers and like the guys who who are who have access to anything they could possibly need for the album right that's a situation every musician wants to find himself in um <clears throat> their albums come out and there's kind of a uniformity to it despite the versatility there's a uniformity somehow they've thought this through on a philosophical level they made every song sound like its own song but also like the others so that it comes feeling like a package mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and uh, sometimes that's even done at the mix stage or something like that it's all very nuanced and technical when you really get into it but they managed to preserve an aesthetic so i'm working towards that as well you know for a project that should be out not too long but not to shun that creativity away if you've got that versatility you can use it to your advantage but i don't know is it something that you want to mm. keep at bay right now just so that you can get like that nuanced uniformity or is it something you want to express carry on like even lens flare for that matter right even lens flare has got that sort of like mm-hmm. hopping the the hopping themes in a way very much so very much so yeah because like matlos is is a club banger you can play it in the car you can get turned 
white mist is an emotional what's it god knows what it, what that song is there's a transition that changes the instrumental completely before it goes in a part two and embassy is just me spitting bars talking about my relationship with god you know so thematically it is pretty scattered if i'm honest um but i guess that's what that's what makes it me you know it's all little bits of me i think that's your uniformity you put a little bit of you that shouldn't that be more than enough i feel we only It's only true. you can decide man only you can decide you've given the answer now you're giving the solution I feel like i need to put that on a flag <laughs> so that i remember it that was how courtworthy that was you know what i mean courtworthy <laughs> courtworthy though now that you mention it i've got like something little planned for a little later like two maybe a, not uh-huh. not a, maybe five minutes from now hopefully if we progress but sure. before we get there mm-hmm. something interesting i've noticed in your album art right everywhere i look well not everywhere most of your projects uh on the side mm-hmm. of matt gloss white mist and i i'm sorry i just don't recollect the other one uh there are foxes lots and lots of foxes what's with the foxes man that's true <laughs> what's with the foxes man <laughs> it's a good question i mean uh, with the foxes um i tried to i was thinking about a motif before my first ep came out the guy who's giving me some really good advice friend of mine same as akshay who's giving me some really good advice on how to package this whole thing and uh, while we were all thinking this through together i was wondering what a constant little easter egg could be that i could put in my album art not really an easter egg cuz it's so obvious but like <laughs> like something that i could put in my album art maybe on the merch later on that'll let people know it's me even if it isn't like doesn't say mica on it but it's got my freaking big mug on the shirt or something it's like just a little sign let people know ladies and gentlemen i just told him out it is the fox what is the fox say the fox says mica that's what it says <laughs> that is what it says that's what people have been trying to figure out for like 7 years <laughs> it's not that ding 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 that dude was dancing Good in Lord, the video that fucking video it's cancer my ears hurt just thinking of it i bet he's still rich off that shit though so <laughs> things i'll never understand when i should have invested in bitcoin and why that why, what did the fox say oh my gosh dude it's spot on these are my two exact <laughs> problems as well as it were the same exact ones i have no bitcoin dude can you imagine you've been loaded but then again it's okay i'm, I'm going to hedge my bets on mica being the next artist of the decade and then probably having there we so, go so yeah hopefully there we go all right oh All us boys from Christ and Christu Jayanti and all these places in Bangalore, we'll find ourselves in the penthouse fairly oh, soon. Otherwise, we've been we stiffed. made it. We're, we're, yes. Imagine you're a big ass artist and you returned to college, started at the bottom, and we're still here. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what you mean. I've actually thought about that a couple of times. I don't know if they'll let me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just worried, you know, like they might just stumble across all of this and they're like take this as constructive opinions possibly, I don't know. A- mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, like I said, small time uh, magazine that we keep talking about Rolling Stones. There's this really funny uh thing that happened. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if it must have been like anxiety ridden and like scary shit for you. But uh 
you walk you walk up on stage and that up to that point you're sort of like into smaller closed room gigs where you're just vibing with a couple of people not by couple i mean like 25 30 40 people or mm. whatever and you walk up on stage there's like 600 people uh-huh. but these are all 600 people sitting down listening to you go off on a concert like do an ep like oh dude like what the hell like okay i get it 600 people is a lot dude, of people. that was the weirdest <laughs> experience of my life it's so weird okay people people here artists say things like yeah i got on stage and the crowd is feeding me energy and i fed it back to them and they think it's all a load of nonsense it's completely true if everyone is sitting the show is going to be ass let me just say that from the outset there were 600 people and they were all just looking at me man i was losing it <laughs> i was flipping out because i was supposed to be getting hyped for deal me out on math loss and everything but if they're all sitting right i tried asking in the sand a couple times they're a little stubborn fair enough Pedro Souza came like before me, so God knows if they even wanted to hear hip hop. She's a like famous journalist for anyone that doesn't know. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, there were a couple of other Bollywood actresses on that day, so like I I think <laughs> they might have been a little confused because <laughs> I came out on stage. I'm like, yes, steal me out, I met your bitch, ate her out, she a hot one, you know. <laughs> swearing and everything under 25 it's like young people but it's not a music festival where people are drinking and they're delinquents it's like good well-behaved type people come to this festival and they want to listen to actresses give them wisdom get what i mean so yeah. <laughs> i don't know if i phrased that so well please don't they, they, me. they came but, to uh, simp they never came to rock unfortunately <laughs> that's why I was like why is this random brown dude coming here and like busting our <laughs> tunes like ah oh, this is not my jam this is not what I paid for oh, did they have to pay for it or did they just like you know was it a free entrance I'm not sure if the summit was free or if it was paid it could have been free if, possibly if it was paid no wonder they were damn stubborn man it's like I came here to see Fade Souza. I came here to see these Bollywood actresses. Who's this random brown guy I've never seen in my life? Who's this dude? Some crazy yeah, exactly. Thing. And like, <laughs> I have a decent, I have a little bit of recognition now, right? But back then, I had Jack. I had one EP out. Matt Loss wasn't even released. And that's the song that's given me the most publicity so far. So to them, I really was a random brown guy in a Puma t-shirt, which I thought would get me some sort of endorsement because it was a Puma event. Didn't work. I was hopping around, losing it. <laughs> It was fun anyway. I mean, after I got off stage, I was like, yo, I don't think I can ever go on stage again. Like, really? That was how it was. But in retrospect, it's hilarious. Anyway, so was, this is actually pretty funny. Now, I was, I think I just finished off my commercial pilots test. And okay. I was uh, By the way, are we going to get a my... chance to talk about how much you've achieved during this? Or is this just about me? No, 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 this is just about you. No, I'm not very exciting. I think you're far more exciting. So I, I just finished my test. I was just walking back, and and I, I was, I saw this little notification, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had subscribed to Micah YouTube channel, the Micah YouTube channel. So I was like, okay, okay. like, oh shit, Matt Gloss is a video now. So I, was, I stopped. I pulled <laughs> out my earphones. I was just sorry. I plugged in my earphones, and I was just listening to them. Uh-huh. That and is so honest cool. to God, yeah. it blew it blew my mind. You know those moments where you're like, I know this guy. Like, I know this guy. This guy <laughs> in the video, I speak to him. I know him. That was my uh-huh, I know this uh-huh. guy moment. It was like I was like, that is I was crazy. This, oh my God. This chick. This, I was showing this chick. Oh yeah, I'm pretty. F- my friend's pretty famous in India. You can, you can have a look at him. He's an artist. Like wow. <laughs> oh my God. So fancy. 
<laughs> nice. Where were you when you did this test? Uh, no, I was in Australia, somewhere in like Brisbane, close to Brisbane. This is after the test. This is all. I was just like riding this happy wave, and I was like, "Oh shit! Look at that! Wow!" <laughs> and the music That's video so cool. is, oh is nuts. Like, like even the thing when you like roll up in the Maruti 800 and then you start grinning at the camera and shit, and the guy gets up at the back. I just lost my shit. It was hilarious, Zal. <laughs> like, dude, that was my director. <laughs> Even my editors had a sense of humor, which is why they were like, "Yeah, you know what? We'll leave that in." Him asking whether the scene was okay, mm-hmm. he just pops up from the back of this Maruti 800. It has such crazy Classic. production value. It has insane production value. Like everything, the way it was True. styled, it was made. I'm sure, it had a tight budget, but you made the most of it. It was in. Oh, we made the most of that budget. We also went over it. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it was lit. It was completely worth it. And you had like Hospar Cartel and a couple of other guys as uh, well. That's that's not and the homies. Yeah. Before before I digress even more, Onslaught crew they did a phenomenal job, didn't they? Oh my god, they destroyed it. They killed it. Man. They destroyed it, and they <clears throat> yeah for sure. And I don't think they realize how instrumental they were to my to whatever success I've had so far. You know, because even with the reception of Matt Loss before we did the video or anything, they made a reel to it a couple of months before that. Which really went viral, and that was such a ridiculously good marketing technique because it really got it in front of everyone. It was like on the top ten reels of the whole country for I think a week or a week and a half, something like that. That's so nuts. They destroyed it. They destroyed it. Yeah, they deserve everything. Hey man, if you if you can't bop to a song, right? Both there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. But they managed to do it, and you got exactly. some of the best to do it. So that's props to you, I guess. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that worked out. Props to me. Props to them. Uh-huh. It worked out brilliantly, I feel, because it's spectacular. Like honestly, there is that. That's one video you can look at and say, like, holy shit, did, did he just make that? Can you actually do that? And there is some. Can you actually do that? Uh-huh. There were some of these retarded questions which I saw in some of these new uh, news articles you were covered in. It's like, oh, you know, mm. this genre, <laughs> your genre is so specific. Like people in India are not used to it. How do you think you're gonna survive? I'm like, dude, he's here to create the goddamn genre that isn't there. Like, what a dumbass question. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Exactly. Can you imagine That's... rock being in India? It was bloody classical music like twenty, fifty years back, and now suddenly you've got guys. Yeah. Belting out tunes. What logic is that, man? You just got to wait and make it happen. That's true. With the art, you never really know what's gonna click. It's anyone's guess. So you just got to do the best you can. And I, I thought about that before. Though it was a very interesting question because it might, they might be wrong about me having a very specific genre. Not that specific, like you said. I, I jump around a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> it is niche just by virtue of it being English. First of all, that's. Something I I realized getting into it like it already cuts it cuts me off from a lot of the population, huge amount. But because of how populated the country is, and because our circle, even though it's fairly niche, is is big numbers numerically, there's plenty of traction. You know, there's plenty of attention to be had, and there's plenty of enjoyment to be had because there's a lot of people into this stuff, even though it is India. You know, just like us who've grown up in some sort of myriad different influences growing up. I don't know, man. I think you've got something really banging out there. Like, you can make it happen. I think you've got what it takes, dude. Cheers to that. Let's do it, man. I I believe you. You know, I'm choosing to. There are days when I'm like,、uh, I don't know, but you're right.
you are right i'm just saying ah you know what maybe they have shit taste maybe it's just not me <laughs> that, that that's this the day <laughs> this is the is like oh. dude i need to have your mind man what? when it comes to criticism when it comes to the the criticism and thinking about my music i need your attitude for real no i mean there is always there is good criticism and there's bad criticism bad criticism is like oh mm-hmm. it's shit it's like that's not criticism that's just you making a statement Crit- yeah. criticism should be like this is shit because i don't like how you use that baseline in the track such and such mm. that is criticism that's mm. critique mm. that is how you're supposed to improve help the person improve not just like True. say oh shit <laughs> like that doesn't help anybody thanks man true true so you know there have been a couple of trolls mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right in your track embassy right there's this one line uh-huh. i really really dig like i really 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 dig so it's you say mm-hmm. the music you keep playing it's got me on a flight okay it's not because there's an aircraft in it but my kindness and patience <laughs> it's just one my kindness and patience gone like the sleep during the night what's what's the like what's uh-huh. the idea behind it man like it's that's profound so thank you i I'm glad you think so. You know when I wrote those lines when I wrote that song, I was in very contemplative state, but I was also irritated, just generally irritated about uh some some qualities that some people had around me, if I'm being honest. It's just I I felt like as a musician it sometimes it's hard to to express yourself if you're surrounded by so many other people's influences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if 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 say you're living in an environment where people are constantly playing other people's music. Right. and you're a creative individual it's difficult to dig into yourself to find the the willpower to find the time to find the <clears throat> space to dig into yourself make something new when you're hearing so much that's already been done so much has already been created influencing the way you think influencing your freaking metric if you're a comparison obsessed individual such as myself so i was just like you know what that's why i wrote that line um uh the music you you keep playing is got me on a flight because i was just like man I need to bounce. I need to go somewhere where I can have quiet, where I can really sit, dig into myself, write some notes, really feel what I feel, package that in a way that might help someone else work through their shit or understand themselves a little better. So yeah, it comes from a very real struggle that I have. This this question honestly was finding space. This is sort of like a gamble. I'm going to be honest with you asking mm-hmm. you this question is a gamble because I was half ready for you to say that <laughs> like oh bro that was just sound pretty cool it was just rhymed and shit that's why I said it I was like thank god you didn't say that <laughs> thank god there was some interesting anecdote behind no, no, no. <laughs> embassy came came out of a lot of frustration and uh, yearning yeah. for sure oh thank god <clears throat> save my skin over that is like oh so like, oh dude that was just pretty cool man it just rhyme it was pretty cool i liked it in the moment it just rhyme <laughs> it sounded cool it sounded like a fly rhyme make people think yeah. i was i was dope <laughs> thank god so i think we've established that mike is a pretty brilliant artist like he's a music prodigy and he's going to make big things but you know he's got a hidden talent and it's only fair that i am here to unearth that hidden talent of his and that's his tweets i've been looking at his twitter for the last couple of days so i picked up my three favorite tweets of his so i'm just going to keep the best one for my last but this is to begin with okay and i want i want to understand what the hell is going through your mind i mean the first one's pretty self explanatory 2 months ago i was on stage uh-huh. jumping 
what jumping like a Gatorade mascot and today I'm in my room talking to the plants yeah no I was just like do you, did you want me to explain that what I, 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 no, no, no. If, if you want to explain go for it man I'm more than happy this it's completely self-explanatory you're right <laughs> this, it was just a comparison the contrast it's like so quick life can just switch up on you like that you know you got to be resilient otherwise these curveballs man they're gonna hit you in the head this is why this is why i'm gonna plug your track gauntlet gauntlet is about stuff like this right about how everybody's got so. this pandemic and how that was a gauntlet and you got over it and like so well not gotten over mm-hmm. it you're just like making your flow through it is that is that right mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. yeah. what i am to understand of gauntlet gauntlet yeah it's it's a slightly abstract track it's just um in which i talk about the hustle and trying to find my way and trying to understand my vision and trying to manifest it, you know because it is a big vision and i there's some some of the statements are very specific in that song you know like uh, i just want a modernist apartment that's the most straightforward thing one could say there's no there's no symbolism deep symbolism to that it's literally what i said i like modernism i love their architecture i need that apartment one day and there's some slightly more vague statements like vision wide like gopro it just means i have a wide vision there's a bunch of stuff i want to do with my time on earth <clears throat> so it definitely is about the hustle finding my way um developing a little bit of resilience along the way i, mm-hmm. I like that i like that and then this is now time for tweet number 2 a bouncer dap me up <laughs> after my stand on saturday we living baby woo <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was a great feeling the bouncer just came dapped me up and left he literally bounced he didn't say anything i was like damn this guy didn't even come to listen to me man if he likes my music that's pretty that's pretty dope <laughs> also i could be an ass and he might have just dapped me up for no reason who knows I, but i'm pretty sure it's the music I, i don't know man i think it, that's that's pretty cool cuz this is like one big intimidating dude right there and he's just like more intuitive with keeping the assholes out and then he just like took out the time came up and was like yeah good job bro and walks away Exactly. No, he just left. It was dope. No better cr- critique. Smooth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The dude's been hired to come there and do a job that he may not even like at a decent time. That's pretty dope. I was really happy with that. All right. Now, now to give the best for the last, best random DM to date. You're kind of hot. That's what's missing with our generation. Honesty. I told him I'm crocheting <laughs> that in a pillow. So I'm crocheting that on a pillow. Damn. <laughs> Dude, I was like, okay, let me just be honest. Let me be straight up, okay? <clears throat> When the hype was like at its peak for that song, right? For Matt Loss, was getting DMs on DMs from random people. And I was like, damn, is this is this what happens to celebrities and stuff? Is this like beginning stage in like uh mini me celebrity life, you know? People are texting out of the blue and everything and uh Yeah, this girl just texted me out of the blue and she was like, you're kind of hot. I was like, I love how specific she is, <laughs> you know? Usually when people think they're talking to some celebrity, it's like these hyperbolic statements, but I loved it. Yeah. Pretty fun and stuff. I'm crocheting that, man. That always gets me. I still have me. that screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. When things are code-worthy, put them on a placard or crochet them on a pillow. <laughs> that's the way to go. Uh, words to live by. Words to live by. Mm. All right. So before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. Uh-huh. 
everybody is asking is going to ask you like oh what's next what's the future what's this what's that and all of that mm-hmm. i think the best way for me to gauge you no know, key what's next on your cards is by asking you mm-hmm. what do you regret not doing because that was a realistic opportunity that presented itself and you chose not to do it at that point of time because of whatever mm-hmm. reason and that's more likely for you to return back and do that same thing so what's the one thing you regret mm-hmm. doing not doing sorry what's the one what's the one thing i regret not doing yep so hmm it's an interesting thought and if i had continued doing this this thing it would have been at the cost of my music to a certain extent i'm sure <clears throat> because uh hmm despite the fact that the music comes in 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 bursts of inspiration and everything the craft of the actual thing playing every day despite whether you're inspired or not playing the guitar producing it's all it's a very everyday thing you know if you have something that's time consuming no matter how good you are you think you are at multitasking your mental space just gets used up it's not it's not like a thing where you can cut it into a pie into pieces it's like you really have to focus on something if you want to be good um but one thing i do regret not doing every now and then it's not a constant regret is pursuing my digital marketing career because it was seeming pretty cushy not gonna lie seemed really nice i was working with an american startup while i was in college <clears throat> in third year for a few months and i was getting paid pretty solid solid figures just to be an intern and during my probation period and i know they would have taken me on obviously i can't assume and i can't say that it's 100% but things were looking very good towards the end of my probation i was talking to them they were giving me more responsibilities and i decided to step away from that simply because between college and work i had no time to even pursue making a few demos and that was pretty soul crushing slightly depressing like i said i can be a little emotional so when i know something's off it'll it can take me way off you know for me to like really cut off some things and get my life back on track so <clears throat> despite the fact that i know it was probably for the best on the days when i'm like ah this music game flipping heck no gigs to do that means there's no payments to be had i have to focus on other avenues of revenue then i'm like what if i just stayed in the marketing gig you know by now i'd still be working at freaking we work paid for co-working space super nice it's a good image you were able to keep up getting paid decently every month not decently well i should say good colleagues it was a it was a good place you know so it was like picking between two good options when i when i made that decision but i think you know that's never a bad thing look at it this way The reason I asked you this question mm-hmm. is because in the future you never know what's going to happen, right? There's always goals you are yet to achieve, but here you are saying that you had an opportunity working with a firm, right? That that is a door which has already mm-hmm. presented itself to you once before. Is because you are capable, you can right. do it. So it's not something worth regretting mm-hmm. because you know you can turn around and say there'll be somebody else who is willing to take me in that perspective. So Mm, mm, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not so much like you not being able to do it. Not. It's just it wasn't at that time. It wasn't the best thing for you. That's some. True. That's the most true. important thing, no? True. I think the sacrifice is always hard. Yeah. You've done amazing so far, and I hope you're going to carry Thank on this you. immense journey that you've had so far. And it looks amazing from my perspective. Thank you so much. I don't know what it takes to be an artist, but whatever you've been doing, you've been doing extraordinarily well. and you're making your style you're making your style and you're making a mark slowly slowly but mm-hmm. surely that's mm-hmm. the more important thing and in, we're getting that in 2020 you made like the amount of tracks you did is that is impressive 
and the fact that though it's not just you but other people also vouching on you and saying that yeah you know what this is something worth putting out that's insane and with that i think we come to an end but before we leave mica has a message to whom it may concern all of your work will pay dividends the seeds you've sown will emerge into fruition and as much as i'm telling anyone out there that might be listening this and telling myself as well